This is What's Working, a show about the realities of life at work. These are true stories recorded in the offices that inspired them. This podcast is brought to you by Managed by Q, the first tool designed for workplace teams. Hey, it's Emily. This week's episode of What's Working is about dealing with difficult bosses in the office. I've definitely dealt with my fair share of difficult bosses. In particular, I was working at a place where I had two managers, two bosses, and I can safely say there are no two people on the planet who are less impressed with Emily Hebner and what she has to offer than these two people. One of them was the founder of the company, and he just really didn't like me, (laughs) and he wouldn't pay me. That was another thing. And then the other woman, she would yell at me and then like three minutes later be like, oh my God, do you want to go get a salad? So it was uh, it was a tense it was a tense time for me professionally. Thankfully, I'm not there anymore, and I have an amazing manager. But that's not what we're here to talk about. So we have three stories for you, all about dealing with difficult bosses. And the first story I'll have to introduce because this lovely person was my first interview ever, and I forgot to ask her to do an introduction. So you're going to hear from Nicole. She's a writer and a creative. Formerly, she was uh, an executive assistant. So I'll let Nicole take it from here. I remember one place that I worked. It seemed very uh, like a young, hip, trendy thing to do, but it was extraordinarily corporate. And the hierarchy was so intense, and it was all women, which made me feel even worse. But it was so intense, it felt like I was in a sorority, and every day I was being hazed. I was the reception, but it was also like executive assistant. Um, they, because they were a smaller office, they were um, like four top level kind of executives, a president and then three vice presidents, none of which had their own assistants. They all had little teams, but nobody was really like doing all of the other uh, detail work for the office except for myself. I remember I got in trouble for something like with a birthday card um, where everybody in the office has to sign the birthday card and it's my job to get everybody to sign the birthday card. And the uh, execs or the VPs were out of town a lot. They were traveling um, for work, and some for pleasure, but uh, they missed signing the birthday card, I think, for the second time. And I got called into the conference room, which they only turned on one little lamp. <laughs> and there's, Why? It was terrifying. And uh, they said, Nicole, can we talk to you for a second? So we go into the uh, conference room they turn on this little lamp one sits down on the stool and the other one's standing up and like i'm sitting on this tiny little stool on the floor that we use only in overflow (laughs) excess and they're do you realize it makes us look bad if uh like one of us doesn't sign the birthday card it makes us look like you know we don't care and you've just messed this up one too many times and you know you're really just not getting the hang of this job and I thought I was in the episode of Sopranos because it was mafia style and all I could do was kind of smile and laugh (laughs) to myself and go, I 
going to quit this job yep. next week. Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because nobody deserves to be treated or no talked to way. like that. And yep. even if it was a mistake, you know, you have to trust that people that you work with don't have, aren't out to get you, except for maybe in this instance. <laughs> My name is Josie Callahan. Um, I work in the entertainment industry um, and I'm an executive assistant for television programming. I've been an assistant to this executive, a Tony Award winning writer, an Academy Award uh, nominated actress, an Oscar nominated producer, and I've been an assistant to all of them. You know, when I worked for an actress, my office would be the car on the way to the airport. My office would be the airport lounge at the airport. My office would be my seat on the airplane. <laughs> um, be a hotel room, be a movie set, a trailer, backstage at an event, a dressing room. Once I think I worked, I was doing work in my boss's hotel bathroom so as not to disturb him while he was working in the, the common space <laughs> because he needed perfect quiet, but he also needed his pencil sharpened. Once I was traveling back from, I think it was Paris, and it was a two-level plane. And I was working with my boss in the lounge before we went on the plane, and we had started doing a couple of things together. And she had said, like, well, once the plane takes off, like, can you come down, or can you come over to my seat, and we'll, we'll keep working. I was like, okay. Turns out it was a full flight and the, it was a double-decker plane. So I was up top, she was on bottom. We were in different classes. Just so many metaphors. Um, and <laughs> upstairs, downstairs, like, yeah, take your pick. Um, but yeah, the flight attendant wasn't crazy about the idea of me going up and down. But of course, to this beautiful, famous person, when she would ask them, they'd be like, yes, of course, whatever you want. Like, so plane takes off. I've also been working, like, just forever and at this point like so many days in a row so many crazy hours time changes just very very tired very worn down um and i uh i tell i i tell the flight attendant as we're taking off like hey i need to go check on my boss and like see if she still needs me to work on some stuff with her they the flight attendant tells me oh miss so-and-so is asleep uh, about an hour later i check in again oh she's eating right now uh and then honestly i fell asleep Mm -hmm. I did as much as I could on my own and I fell asleep. And uh, when we landed, I was met with uh, some anger because apparently the flight attendants had been telling her she's asleep or she's eating or she's not available uh, about me. So wires had just gotten crossed uh -huh. um, and of course it was my fault right. because it always was yeah. because when you have a need and you're paying someone to meet your needs and they do not meet them, you, the blame falls on that person. Yep. Um, that was towards the end of things. But, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and then I we went back. I, I could be I could be blending stories together. It's highly possible, but I'm pretty positive we then got in the car, proceeded to work. She did an interview that I organized in like two seconds. We went back to her apartment, slept for a couple of hours, and then got on a train the next morning to go to another city. Wow for a press tour. And it was my birthday. Oh, <laughs> Josie. And she got furious about what had happened on the plane the night before and started micromanaging me on the train and like grabbed my notebook and my 
laptop and was showing me the correct way that I should be going through my to-do list and doing my job. By that time, I was like, hadn't slept in like a week. It was just like bawling. Oh. When you don't have a place to work, to bring it back, yep. and when you don't have hours to work, it makes your life work. I think that's like the most important thing that I can I can say, and you know, hopefully, like, caution people with is like, it's it makes your life work, and having a place to work and a time to work, for me, it allows me to be more effective, happier, sane, more balanced. Whereas, if those things aren't in place and those systems aren't in place, because we want to succeed and we want to please people, we want to make people happy, and we want to grow, like you were saying, the line between learning and growing. There's often some pain in there and some embarrassment and some trial and error. The lines blur and before you know it, you're just giving too much of yourself right. to a job which isn't quite healthy. Hi, my name is Taylor. I work in marketing in the tech industry. So formerly I worked for a failed entertainment subscription startup and uh, it sort of went down in flames. It was pretty messy the way it went down and there was one specific weekend where it really became apparent to me that the future of the company was uncertain and the future of my position was uncertain. Mm -hmm. um, we decided to do an activation at Coachella, which of course was like so exciting for me when we first found out. What does that mean? So we decided we were going to fly out during the weekends of the, you know, Coachella Music Festival in California and set up like day parties because a lot of people just go to the festival at night. And so the appeal was sort of they would come to our party, they would have a good time, maybe become a customer, post about it on social media. Gotcha. We like, yeah, we like hired influencers to come who had like thousands of followers. We, you know, got a PR team to sort of like leak photos to the media. Like it was supposed to be this big whole exciting thing. And so, um, seemed really like a great idea in the beginning. And I was super excited because I was young and feeling like, oh, I get to go to Coachella and not just for that, but it's for work. And I'm like working a party all day and then yeah. going to Coachella at night, like how could this go wrong? And so, um, you know, we get out there and we're sort of like starry eyed and excited and it started pretty fine. I think where the issues started to come up were just like, we had really low turnout. And as someone on the marketing team who at the time was like handling our, email invitations and things like that, I had specifically been asked not to do an invitation for this particular activation because our events team told me that they had it covered and that they were taking mm. care of everything and that um, all I really had to do was kind of help out day of. Like, I didn't have to do any of the job of getting people there. They were aggressively clear about that. Got it. So. When it became apparent that nobody was coming to these parties, or very little people were coming to these parties, our CEO just got madder and madder as the weekend went on. So it's like Thursday, we had an activation. Barely anyone comes. He's getting mad. Friday, even less people come. He's madder. So by Sunday, he's like fuming because he spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on this activation. So, of course, the day ended up being so much more work than I thought it was going to be. I'm like so exhausted that I don't even go to the festival Sunday night. Oh. Um, I stay in to sleep and the CEO sends an email at 11.30 p.m. Sunday night saying there's a mandatory uh, company meeting at 8 a.m. the next <gasps> day. Yeah, and I wouldn't have even known about it because I was sleeping 
if I wasn't sharing a room with another girl who came in from the festival and was like, hey, did you see we have to go to this meeting in the morning? And I was like, nope, I didn't see that. Um, at the time, originally our HR person and our CMO, who was my boss, were both in California for this weekend and they had both left by then. So I sort of went into this meeting feeling like, HR is not here, mm -hmm. he's really mad, what's gonna happen? Sure enough, he starts screaming at all of us. And oh he's, God. yeah, he's, he's literally screaming, he's cussing us out. He starts um, going, I wanna know like whose fault this is, I wanna know. And he, oh my God. He looks at me because at the moment it was like, I don't know where my manager was. I, I, she knew about this meeting, I, I still to this day don't know where she was for this meeting. My CMO had left already. The HR person had left already. The only other girl who was on the marketing team was sitting behind him, so he didn't see her. So he like <gasps> locks eyes with me, and he's like, why didn't you guys get these invitations out? So I'm sort of sitting here like, what do I do? Because it's not really my, it was never my call. Even if it had, it had become marketing's issue, I'm not the manager, I'm not the C CMO, like it's not my decision. So do I throw our like business events team under the bus in front of the entire company that's still, you know, in California? Do I blame my manager? Do I deflect? So the only thing I can think to say is I wasn't asked to, which is the truth. Like yeah. I wasn't asked to. It is, you know, obviously the highest level of the truth, but I'm just not someone who's going to call people out in yeah. front of everyone else. And, and not it's not the appropriate time. Ugh. It's not the time, honestly, the people who told me not to send these invitations are in the room. Yeah. It was their opportunity to take and to speak and they clearly let the moment pass them because we sat in silence for a moment and he didn't look away from me and no one spoke up. And that's why I said, I wasn't asked to. And he responded, if that's the way you think you don't belong at this company. And in front of everybody, <sighs> in front of everyone. And that was like the moment that I was like, this is not right. Like, this is not the job I thought it was, this is not the company I thought it was, and like these people that I thought were my friends are not my friends. Wow. And when he left the room, I obviously started crying because I'm like of young and I had been called out specifically in this meeting of him to just yell at us. The event guy comes over and hugs me and is like, ooh, yeah, it's tough here sometimes, huh? Like, he was the oh, reason that no. I was called out. Yep, yep, and sure enough, I, I think I was quote unquote laid off like a couple weeks later and I, really believed to my core that like that that whole situation was why and you know it's unfortunate that someone else's choice to be deceptive and someone else's choice to throw another person under the bus for their own gain and their position um, cost me my job but I have to just trust that like that wasn't the job that was meant for me clearly it wasn't and clearly it wasn't for anybody because it's a company that doesn't exist anymore. Thanks so much to Nicole, Josie, and Taylor for sharing their stories with us. If you have a story about work, I want to hear it. Email me at whatsworking at managedbyq.com. Hold up. 